evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into a slightly delayed edition of the SE Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast for it is Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. Thanksgiving is next freaking week. Holy crap. Uh, but I'm Zach Haydorn. That's Tyler Sage. Uh, super pumped to be here with you guys. Apologies for the late start. Uh, having some technical difficulties, the internet in the area think is shocked so i'm uh you know i've rigged up the old uh mobile hotspot thing here and we're gonna go ahead and do the do this thing and and, uh, and get on with the show the show must go on as they stay in wrestling tyler my friend what's up man hey uh you know internet's fine over here in the backwater of columbus ohio so you'd think that what the second city would have uh even though are you the second okay. city in population have we talked about I think it's LA is number two, right? Yeah, I think we're like number three. We're three market when it comes to like, you know. Yeah. Well, regional MMA and all that rating stuff. I'm in a great Milwaukee beer. I believe Pabst. Oh, look at you. Yeah, breed Milwaukee. There you go. So hammering a Pabst Blue Ribbon on a on a Tuesday night. I love have you ever seen have you ever seen Blue Velvet, the the David Lynch movie from the eighties? I'm not gonna be surprised if you haven't. I have not. So there's a great line everyone could look up. I think we're a PG show, so I can't do the line. But Dennis Hopper's in the movie, and he has he asked Kyle McLaughlin, the main character, what his favorite beer is. He says Heineken, and then (laughs) Dennis Hopper has one of the greatest movie lines in history after that moment, and it's all about Pabst Blue Ribbon. Well, it's a lot of cussing, but he says F that S, Pabst Blue Ribbon, and every time (laughs) uh, I see someone with a Heineken, I do that line to them. So. Um, so, so there's your 80s David Lynch knowledge because you know that's that's me in wrestling is uh, that's basically me. So. We need more 80s David Lynch knowledge. I have been to the PBR Brewery um, okay. in Milwaukee a couple times, and it is a uh, it's a spot that I very much enjoy. It is like a cool like yeah you can you only have one beer choice, <laughs> so it's you know you know mm-hmm. you, you got to know what you're getting into when you go in there. But they've got a, they've got like a courtyard. They've got a cool gift shop, like cool indoor yeah. area. Well, hey, now they got the walk. coffee. You got to do it. Now they got the coffee. THC. Yep. And they have the THC stuff where that's legal. So it's about Correct. to be legal here in Ohio. So that's very exciting. So that is exciting. Um, like, and like 20, like it's like 21 days away from being legal. So that's exciting. Yeah. Oh, man. So that's coming around quick. Yeah, just passed along with issue one. We talked about that a little bit last week, I think, on maybe brass ring. So sorry, I've totally derailed this entire show. Um, you can't even see me, so you don't even know what I'm doing. I can be doing insane <laughs> Actually, stuff, or can you see me? I can see you now. I can oh, see no. You now. Okay. You well, look, good thing I haven't done anything. Amazing. Crazy, <laughs> you look amazing. Well, folks, um, this is the SE Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast. We talk about all kinds of stuff, but we're here mostly to talk about the news of the week in professional wrestling. You can catch us live right here on the SC Scoops YouTube channel every single Tuesday night, 9 Eastern, 8 Central, um, and then the following morning on your podcast feeds as well. So if you can't listen to us live and you want to catch us away from uh, from YouTube, you can do that uh, via this exact show as a podcast. Today, we are going to be here uh, previewing AEW Full Gear, a really big show for AEW for a lot of reasons uh, that we'll get into um, here on the show. Uh, but as always, we want to take your questions. The chat is filling up with Tracy and Azan are there. Hello, Tracy. Hello, Azan. Our super chat feature is open and available. If you would like to make a comment or ask us a question, hit that super chat feature. We'd appreciate any contribution that you can make. It really helps the show go around. Um, and uh, we certainly would appreciate it. And 
we'll make time to get to every single comment and every single question um, that comes in uh, during the show. So more on a little bit of business later, but uh, Tyler, AW Full Gear, does it feel like it's pay-per-view week in AEW? <laughs> I would say certainly not, especially today. I had to make sure that it was a Saturday pay-per-view, not a Sunday pay-per-view, just for my <laughs> weekend scheduling. Um, so, you know, I would say a little tepid, uh, a little bit right. of a lurch into this, into this, po- into this, uh, well, not this podcast, but into this pay-per-view, no. for sure. So... Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's when you have one, you know, when you have a pay-per-view every month it is less exciting. And, you know, if you do the math, you're paying, you know, $600 a year to watch all these pay-per-views. It gets kind of depressing to think about. So, you know, they, they feel a little less exciting when you oversaturate the market, like anything. So that's kind of where I am. But, you know, I, I was looking through the rundown in prep for the show. Cause you know, I don't think anyone can blame if if you can't if you can't name all nine matches as they're booked currently, um, I don't think you should be disbanded as a wrestling fan. So, but you know, it's a pretty interesting Whoa. card. So, Boy, there's, there's only nine, nine now. Matches. I should say, yeah, only nine. I mean, we'll get to thirteen. So, you know, it's an AEW pay per view. So, that's that's just a lot of matches. But we don't need to go down that route. A lot of matches, too many matches. But, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, yeah, this is the price you pay when you know you go from a you know once every three months ish uh pay-per-view model to once every month i mean you're gonna have um kind of that watered down feeling it's not even it's not even a knock on tony khan like i wish that they had less i think but you know you do have to make money and, and i and i get that and so it is what it is but it comes with a price and i think that price is a little bit of a lack of uh lack of momentum you know on the front of just people i think fans in general tired you know, there's been a lot of wrestling. There's been a lot of AW pay-per-views. And also, you know, the fact that AW doesn't have a lot of momentum right now. That said, all that said and all that kind of aside and stipulated to, um, and what's up, Adam? Just want to say hi in the chat. Thank you for joining us, man. Um, with all that aside, you know, I think this is this is a, an important card for, for AEW. And I think one that is going to tell us like what the direction of the company is going to be um, here into the winter and then like going into that next pay-per-view of, of, of revolution. Cause this is like a, a good chunk of time here. Um, we'll have that uh, the show in December. Um, and then I, I'm assuming we're going to be off until, you know, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we're off until revolution, but uh, uh, I don't know. So I'll take that, I I'll s- take that bet. So. Yeah, no, I don't know that I want to make that bet yet, but it's there's yeah. nothing announced yet. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I just think that like the the, the promotions in an interesting spot. I mean, you have MJF in a in a main event for the world title. You've got him kind of in a stale, um, at, 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 you know, in, in a stale position, you know, as a as a as a world champion. Um, and I think a couple chess moves on this show here could could really you know, heat him up as, as that goes. And I think you can kind of go down the card and we'll, and we'll do that um, right here now. Uh, and you can find out uh, like what directions, you know, and who's, who's in line for pushes, who's in line for, for maybe a bit of a backseat. And I, but I think this, this is telling in, in, uh, in that regard. Hey, some people in the chat, broken record, Mr. H. 
I call it like I see it. If AW can just freshen <laughs> it up a bit, I won't say the same stuff over and over again. Uh, Tyler, what do you make of the card from a high level perspective? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'd say the the build as is typical for an AW show is not top tier, but you know, there's a lot of stories going on here. As uh, you know, I think we would all agree on there, and the, you know, there's a culmination of especially you know Hangman and Swerve. I think that's a good long term story being finished here as a you know, like top four match on a pay-per-view that feels big time to have a show here where you have something like that. That's not the main event. You know, the MJF story has not been either of our cup of tea, but I've liked the, um, the Jay White story going on there. So that's an interesting main event. And it kind of is like you laid out there telling you a lot meta and not meta about the company, how that goes, which direction it right. goes into. Um, you know, I don't love the, him teaming up with somebody and defending those tag titles, but we'll see. Maybe it'll tell a better story throughout the show than it, than All In or All Out did telling that story. Um, so, or the what was the pay per view between Wrestle Dream? Right, was the was the one Wrestle between? Dream, so, yeah. um, you know, none of those have really used that story effectively. It's kind of been like, here's a free MJF match. Please buy the pay per view and watch a paid MJF match, and not really correlate the two, which I think is a mistake if you're going to do that gimmick because you're not going to do this all the time so yeah i mean i think it's fine i um hold up the wrestling odds we can save that for later in the week I'm generally kind of surprised on some of those so i'll save that mm -hmm. and i'll keep i have my base picks written down so i'm not going to tease if you don't want to know we'll talk about that later in the week but interesting stuff on the betting they dropped like five hours ago so that's always interesting. interesting like how some are so confident and it's like are the really insiders at Bet three six five, you know, overseas book. I don't know, but um, interesting <laughs> stuff. So I think it'll be a out outrageously. It's like a broken record, like you were saying. I'm gonna be a broken record here. The build is a little lacking, but I'm never disappointed when I spend fifty dollars. Like I'm gonna love. It's probably gonna be a thumbs up show. The death match, like I just laid out there, the Copeland Edge and Sting match is gonna be fun. I think the main event's gonna be good. I think. You know, I'm excited about Sheeta and Tony Storm. Um, you know, maybe we'll find out who the devil is. That's exciting. So I think there's a lot of good stuff that can be on the show. Uh, Cassidy and Moxley, I think, could be a lot of fun. So it's, it's a lot of good stuff on the show um, that just is mired in the kind of slug slog that is AW TV. Not slog, but you know, there's like a lot going on, and it doesn't feel like anything's really concentrated. And you yeah. kind of get to this point, it is. But yeah, so broken record, Tyler, as well. So we're a tag team broken record. Is what it is. It is what it is. Um, let, so let's let's start previewing the show. Let's let's just um, run through a lot of these matches. I want. We don't have to, you know, obviously give them all the same amount of time. But I think, you know, I do want to go through all of them because there's important things to say um, and different angles to talk about each one. Let's start with the Sting, Darby, Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne match. Um, this, I think, is one of the best built matches on the show from the perspective of you, you, it's it's a, it's clean, you know. You know who the baby faces are. You know who the heels are. You're obviously cheering for Team Darby, Adam Copeland, and Sting. There's a clear delineation. I think I've really liked the back and forth kind of drama that we saw through the build between Adam Copeland and Christian Cage. And then you've got the whole Sting thing going on at the same time, like his you know his retirement tour and the fact that he's you know this is one of his 
last pay-per-view matches of, of his career, if you take what he says by uh, as face value. So I, I, I think there's every reason to believe that this match will just be absolute pandemonium, you know, AW trio style stuff, but I like that. And I think it fits the, you know, it fits the, it fits the bill. It fits kind of what story they've told. Um, we do have one, obviously we've got one more dynamite left and a collision left before, before the show, but I don't know. I think we've seen this story mostly play out. Um, I, I, I have a hard time picking a winner on this one because, you know, Christian has so much momentum right now as a heel. It's like, do you really want to throw cold water on that? And is there another chapter that you can get out of this at some point if you if you put the heels over? Um, but then again, it's Sting, you know, and he's on his re, he's on his like retirement tour. You know, you probably want him to win to kind of build build that stuff up. So I, I go back and forth. I, I I want to hear your analysis before I put a pick into the official record books but i've liked this build i've liked this match thumbs up on this one yes so my first question to you before i answer your question is what are the logistics with collision um since this is happening at the same time as collision is supposed to air on television do we know have we had an answer from that it's going yeah it's going to air on friday okay cool head to head with smackdown yeah. yeah, so then it'll be Rampage, so it'll be three hours. Test out this that yes. three-hour show for AEW. Great, Correct. love that. Okay. Love it. Um, <laughs> even though I did like Rampage this past week, I don't know if we'll talk about it, but it being live certainly helped tremendously. Oh, that, that um, always helps that show. It always yeah. helps that show when it's live. Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, you're going to okay, get that cool. a little taste of that this week, though, yeah. Great, thank you. Um, but yeah, on this, I, I like how it's been built as well. I think that this is a great opportunity for the heels to win for many reasons. First of all, I think there's the meta narrative of Nick Wayne and, and Darby wanting to make sure Nick Wayne gets a pretty sizable kayfabe receipt slash real when he, when it comes to Darby matches on Darby for the tooth thing. So I think that'll be laid out in, in gruesome details here from Nick Wayne doing something dastardly to Darby. Also, you know, it sets up your one-on-one between Copeland and Christian. I certainly think that can main event a December pay-per-view if you're going to do some shenanigans where MJF does not defend. And then you can get off of that and start 2021 in that way. And Christian can get his cowardly heel win in this moment. And, you know, even pin Sting, right? Because who's the most pinnable person on that team? Sting, I guess, is probably Darby. But um, you get to Copeland and Christian, you get to Wayne and Darby one-on-one, et cetera. And so I think that's there's, there's too much there, and it, the story's not over here. It doesn't feel like a time to finish the story between all these people. So you know, I think the heels win here in some sort of underhanded way. Um, but yeah, I think it should be a pretty fun match as you laid out. I do too. Do you do you think that there's any chance we see you know an edge heel turn and like you know he's like. You know, he couldn't get Christian to come on his side. So he's going to go up over there. He's He's been convinced to, to, to join. I'm not advocating for this, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just putting it out there, like, as a question. Like, is it is it possible or am I insane? I think the only way that would happen is if you do some sort of, like, double agent story with, with Adam Copeland. Is that, like, eventually that he screws over Christian in that way, uh, which I think is something AEW would try to tell the story of. 
but is obviously, you know, in wrestling, once you get like two layers of depth in any sort of story, it's hard to tell that story effectively. And as we've seen with, you know, MJF, et cetera. So I think that's the only reason to do it or else you kind of admit that Copeland is not a top guy immediately, kind of like you did with Christian, yeah. <laughs> where you do that, which, hey, it might be right. And, you know, is that the right call? It's an interesting move and I wouldn't totally be against it, but you'd have to have total buy-in from him. And if it doesn't go good, a la Judgment Day, um, you can't have him be off TV for six months and re re make him reappear. <laughs> waste of that investment for your fifty year old wrestler. So that's my only concern. A thousand percent. I think yeah. The only I, I agree with that. I, I think the only thing you need to tell somebody with that idea is uh, Judgment Day. Hello, like yeah. People know too much about MJ or about Adam Copeland, about Edge. You know, yeah. say, it's like it's like Daniel Bryan, like being Brian Danielson. You know, mm-hmm. you just know his story too much and you know just too much about him, the person, and want to cheer for him, the person. It's almost impossible for Brian Danielson to get booed in a real heel way. You know, yeah, people might play along and, and boo him or, you know, when he does the anti-Earth, uh, like like the Earth Day stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. when he was in, in WWE, like the, the beautiful championship belt that you have at, the, at your house, like – when he does that, it's like, yeah, you're booing it, but it's like totally tongue in cheek. Like, and I think the same thing would happen with Edge. It did happen with Edge and and uh, and, and the Judgment Day. So, yeah, I think it's a fool's errand to turn him to turn him heel uh, at this point. Um, so, how much of how much do you think we see Sting featured um, in this? And do you think that we're going to get, you know, any kind of idea of? where this whole sting thing is going to end up, you know, come end of February, end of February, early March. Um, is it too soon to start planning those final scenes? Or do you think like this, what's happening now gonna, is going to impact that story later on? Or is it going to be a whole new group of heels that he's going to be facing and, and, and wrestling? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's kind of, you know, it's, I don't, it feels like you're, let's say if you liked high school, right. And, you know, I'm kind of on the fence if I did or didn't. But, you know, when you're like, or college, right? If you're in that like last semester, you can like see the end and you're like, okay, my whole life's going to change after this point. Um, yeah. it, it's kind of in that moment, but like, I don't want to think about the graduation date for, for Sting. So I guess, I guess I haven't given this a ton of thought to give you some insight into what I'm working with here. But I mean, it honestly feels like Christian and maybe someone else has added to that group. You probably want an older established legend to be who he's going against. You know, you don't want him and Ricky Starks and um, Big Bill to be like the final match, right? I, at least I don't think so, unless you're going to go out on top for gold. You know, kind of want like, if you're going to do the tag team thing, like them and FTR, it's just like a big moment. And then they can, you know, they can hug and cry with Sting because they love legends so much. FTR can at the end of the match <laughs> there. But, um, <clears throat> you know, it'd be that. Or, you know, I think Christian and, Maybe one other legend comboing here is, is an interesting way to do this as well. Or just, you know, staying in. So I guess, oh man, I just haven't thought about it. But I would say unlikely that this group of heels is who the final destination is against. But I think that the fact that you can put them in that category shows you what they've become, especially Christian, from where he was when he first entered the company as a babyface to now, that he feels appropriate in there. And if you get Jungle Boy back and he's realigned with Christian – I think then you're really cooking and that could be the final boss level, so to say. And, you know, him pinning Sting 
at the very end if you really want to go all in on the Jungle Boy coming back after the CM Punk thing, if you're Tony Khan. I don't know if I would give him that honor, but that'd be a good way to build a heel for a long time. So, yeah, I, I think there's a good potential that someone around Christian um, could be the final destination for Sting. It's well said. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's possible. I mean, I think it depends on like how – I don't think he's going to – the problem is I don't think he's going to have a singles match, you know, because if he's yeah. having a singles match, I'd say, okay, you know, I think about Jay White, you know, I think about like that class of heel. Um, but because he's not, it kind of like – because AEW, you know – it's probably not going to be FTR who's like the, really the only main of, or the, you know, I guess you could do like sting and Darby against the young bucks or something like that. Like you could, you can like have that kind of a, that kind of a story. Um, but I'm with you. I think, I think you're going to see like some combination of like this, that, that gets, that gets him to, to that finish line. So this, this match could be really interesting. And I, I think it's one mm -hmm. of the, like I said, it's one of the better built matches on the show. That's, that's mixed in that regard. Um, God, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the heels too. I'm gonna go with the heels too, for the same reason that you said. The baby faces win; it kind of wraps everything up, and I just don't think that's where they're at yet with it. So, um, you know, heels have to go over. If you're in the chat, let us know. Uh, let us know what you think. Who wins this trios match? Moving right along, let's go to a uh, let's go down the card a bit, and we'll talk Ricky Starks and Big Bill against Roosh and Drillistico against FTR and the House of Black. The old fatal four-way for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Um, ah, you know, I don't know. Like, this is like, this is the polar opposite of the match we just talked about, in my eyes. Because it's just, oh man, we want to get the tag titles on the show, but we haven't focused much on anything concerning the tag team division. Uh, we got the titles on guys who are, you know, a kind of a makeshift tag team, but we want him on the show. So let's just do something to make this happen and get this on the show. And, you know, here's FTR, here's House of Black, here's Roosh and Drillistico. Like, I mean, there's just not, in my eyes, there's just not much analysis here for this. And I, I, I don't ever like to see the champs lose the titles in matches like this. Um, and so I'll take I'll take Starks and uh, and Big Bill to retain, but you know I'm not expecting anything special here. And this is kind of a it's a it's disappointing to see the tag team titles in this spot when you have good tag teams on the roster and they're just not featured in the in the right way. This spot on the card, World Tag Team Title spot, can and should mean a lot more on AEW pay per views than than this match, which feels like it could be thrown together on collision and people would maybe be interested. Yeah. No, I agree. And <clears throat> did they, did they defend at the last pay-per-view big bill and Starks? Have they, did they have the belts then? I'm trying to think of the chronology Let's of this, see. of this, this rain. Cause they took it off I, of, uh, uh, FTR. They beat FTR no. on collision yeah. on an episode of collision. Yeah. Um, no, but I think that was after. I think that was the show after okay. Wrestle Dream. I want to say that's what I was thinking too. So you know that just more confirms where you're going here. Also protects FDR um, from losing right. to set that up later. So you know it seems like Roosh or what's it Drill Drillistico, right? Is his name? Um, this is Drillistico yeah. has doing the job really um, all over it. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, he'll probably have that in Spanish written on his tights. So, um, <laughs> that's that's what I would do, just because like it would be, uh, I would not be happy coming in and doing jobs like that. But anyway, so yeah, that, that's what it seems like to me, and it feels like a put together show. This feels like same thing. Like I'm looking at the card now. Is the TBS title also? Oh no, that's on here too. Okay, because I that's thought the TBS here. title might might be on that collision beforehand, and like it's a win win. I think if you put like this match and maybe that TBS title match, even though I think that story has been way better told the TBS title match than this. So yeah. if you had to put one thing on the collision on Friday, it'd probably be this match to be the main event. I think that's a better spot, honestly, than getting buried on this card and being the most forget one of the top two forgettable matches on this card, maybe the top most forgettable match on this card. So I think that uh, Starks and big bill win, but you know, not very excited about this match at all. Yeah, me either. Me either. And uh, so, what do you make of that? Like, you know, is this just a oh crap? Like, we just we need the world tag titles defended on this show, or is this like a conscious effort to like move this championship down the card? And it's like, all right, it's not it's not going to be featured, you know, like we once thought it was going to be featured. I mean, you don't have many of the you know the top teams like they're not treated as like viable contenders ftr is the young bucks barely care about even winning the titles they've had a title shot for like weeks on end and, and haven't even talked about it um so i mean yeah so i pose that question is this like a ah well hey you know it's just uh we want to get it on the show oh no we forgot like or is it like no okay look we're, we're gonna move this down on purpose this is calculated yeah i mean if i had to guess what's really happening here right the occam's razor of it all is that tony likes booking certain talent more than other talents and that no matter if they have a title or not they suffer in the booking as a result right like tony much prefers to book ftr the young bucks in the even you know the guns it seems in that mm -hmm. tag division more more than a lot of other people more than the acclaim, more than, um, you know, the, the current, you know, Starks and Big Bell, the current champions. I guess Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus had a okay booking, but they were, you know, main eventing rampages basically for, for their entire run. Um, so I think yeah. it's just that, it, you know, like it feels like the Kenny and Jericho versus the Young Bucks is a more important match. And I, I'd be okay with that was that if that was a concerted effort, right? That's kind of the WWE model. You know, that the world title is not defended on every show and there's good stories to be told. And WWE has trained us as an audience. So that's okay. And that's fine if you do that. But it feels more like, hey, I'm more interested. Like, this is more important than the belts right now. But when FTR or the Bucks or Kenny and Hangman get back together or if Kenny and Jericho or if Darby and Sting, like, I like all those teams a lot more than what I currently have. So then it's going to be more important. And that's not a great way to book a belt or any championship. So I think that's just kind of what's going on. Same thing with the world title. Like, I don't think, I don't think uh, Tony loved booking Adam page <laughs> as a champion and he, yeah. he liked booking right. other things better. So, you know, and, or he lets them get away with whatever they want, depending on who it is. So it's just more of that sort of thing of like whatever talent, you know, if orange Cassidy got the international championship, that title's booked really well. If anyone else has it, uh, it's kind of hard to remember who's got it because they're not a focal point. So it just, that's what bookers do. And that's Tony's style of booking is, I think, you know, I think if, if AEW was a titleist company for six months, I think it we might be more positive towards it in general because we at least know who the top people are without 
everyone walking around with a piece of metal on some leather. Yeah. God, that opens up so many other questions. Uh, <laughs> like, and I'll just ask you, hey, this is whatever. This is yeah. a wrestling podcast, but it's like, mm-hmm. if that's if that's the thing, and like that's what he likes, then it's like. And that's who he trusts, or for whatever reason, whether it's hey, I like these matches, or hey, we know Orange Cassidy does good business for us. Like, put that guy in the world title picture. Like, I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, like book him that that way. If you like booking him and you want to book him strong, why does he have to be the international champion? Same thing with the with the tag titles here. If you want FTR, and I know they had some injuries issues that you know. Clearly not that big because they're they're back here and you like that. Put put the belts back on them. Like have a match on TV. Get the belts back on them so that you can do FTR as baby faces versus heel, you know LFI or heel uh, House of Black and like tell an actual have an actual pro wrestling feud with these guys instead of you know kind of well I like Orange Cassidy a lot. I like to book him and he's a cool toy to play with. But like I don't really want him to have the big belt well it's like mm-hmm. you know man you know it's it's you know you can you can put anybody that you want there so yeah that, you know what i mean like i don't know mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's, it's like anything right like you're fully in control but you're act like you're not worried about what people say or act like you don't hear and that's all of us right like but yeah you know to, to like that's obviously influenced him on like who influential people in tony's life in the wrestling space you know he listens to lots of people and I think if they are like, well, Orange Cassidy's not a champion, then that kind of hurts in, in its own way, too. And that's like, again, not to be pro Vince McMahon in any way, but just to compare and contrast the two most important bookers of this millennium so far, right? And Tony and Vince and, you know, Triple H yeah. will be in that category here soon. Um, you have to compare and contrast them. And that's a quality of Vince that he didn't give a damn what anyone said. And if he went with someone, he went with somebody and it didn't always work, but that's how you make longer term stars in this yeah. business more so than bouncing around and being a thousand percent people so what thousand percent thousand percent and uh tracy jumping in with this the first super chat of the evening thank you so much tracy uh in regards to the tag team title match multiple run-ins and beat down stuff not does not make does not an interesting oh. four-way make Woo. A little you, shakespeare doth, doth not doth not doth not uh Thank you so much, Tracy, for supporting the show. And I think you're right. Like, I mean, you can't, I mean, you can just throw it out there, you know, and do some run-ins and do some beat-downs and call it a feud and call it a match. But, um, yes, that's not a way to make the match interesting. It's not a way to make the tag titles interesting either. Um, Thank you, Tracy. Super Chats are open, folks, if you're watching live with us. um, Thank you for that. And uh, if you want to get a question in or a comment, we appreciate any level of contribution. We certainly uh, appreciate it. Um, let's go to the AB, AEW TBS Championship. Chris Statlander is going to defend against Julia Hart and either Red Velvet or Sky Blue. Uh, that will be determined this week on AEW television. Um, I don't think that matters, luckily. <laughs> that I is... think it does, but we can get into it. Do you? All right, go ahead. You go yeah. first then. Well, I think their story's been told of obviously the Black Mist. Um, you know, way better than the Bray Wyatt character, uh, you know, turning that's turned people evil. Right. And sky blue is basically sky black. Now, I don't know if she'll change yes. her name, but her demeanor has changed. So I think if she wins, you have the opportunity to have sky blue be subservient to Julia Hart and help her win that title. 
in this match. Not to spoil where I think this could go, hmm. but I think it does matter. Um, but the fact that it's not exceedingly obvious is a problem, even though I've liked this build more so than most women's matches on pay-per-view. So so what do you make of then a couple weeks ago on Dynamite, Sky Blue hitting the blue mist on Julia? Yeah, it depends, right? Because like last week she came out. But, yeah, sure but last the timeline, week right? different. Yeah, she came out and they kind of looked at each other and then she kind of went away. So maybe that was some sort of, I don't know, think of like a nature show where they're not mating per se, but they're doing some sort of some some dance where the, she's being she indoctrinated herself into her group and the black mist is more powerful than the blue mist and that's like you know mama bird showing baby bird how to how to be evil so maybe that's my interpretation i don't really know what's going on per se but maybe it's more of a diversion tactic as well so we'll see but also the thing that's good about this is if sky blue is in this match if you're a julia hart fan or not you don't know where Sky Blue is going to go, so she can kind of determine the match based on what she decides to do either way, which I think is interesting. That's a way to do a three-way match if you're going to do it and tell a story. So either way, yeah. I'm intrigued. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm down. I'm more. I'm more down on like I think the the idea of the mist and like the the that oh for sure for sure saga. <laughs> But what I what I like about this match is is that I think it's you know it's it's Tony Khan running with um, who I think is like one of the uh, like a top three interesting act in the women's division right now and like kind of like putting the story like on her shoulders and when I say her I mean Julia Hart I mean I think she really has come a long way um, to make herself not just like better in the ring which she is and she's still got a ways to go but from a character perspective and what, you know, what that gimmick has become and like the kind of way she kind of commands attention out there, that that's cool to see. And I, and I like Tony Khan in the, with the secondary women's title, the TBS championship going, Hey, like let's, let's have her chase that. Let's have like, it's like classic, like up and coming act going after the intercontinental title you know, in my, not, not in the same prestige type way, but like in terms of like it being a, all right, we're not going to put her in the women's world title picture right now, but she can carry kind of this, this second tier and let's, let's see how, let's see what we got. And I think so far she's really come a long way. So I, I can like, if it, if it ends up being where like sky blue is subservient to her and she, that's the way this goes. I think that'll, I'll give that, Way, way thumbs up, way thumbs up. I, I like, I like that touch. Sky Blue is just is dead in the water as a as a baby face right now, anyway. So this gives her at least something, something to do. And if she catches fire for whatever reason, you can flip around and do her against Julia at some point. Chris Statlander really has shown no propensity to kind of drive anything forward at all. So yeah. I, you know, this this the belt has to go to Julia Hart in, in my in my eyes. And so um, I'm not even really concerned too much about how they get there. As long as she walks out with the belt. Cause I think, you know, you don't want her taking losses right now. She's on an upward, an upward trajectory for sure. Yeah. I think uh, I certainly, I agree. Um, I think Chris Dylander is probably the worst champion in the company just yeah. from like a wanting to see her on television. And that's because whether it's her fault or not, like the presentation is literally her 
like coming out there and, and, and staring with the belt. And that's basically been her, her whole character since she defeated Jade Cargill and like kind of being right. Like the jock character. Cause she's not an alien anymore. She's kind of like the, Hey, I'm bigger and stronger than everybody. So I'm the best, like has basically been her character, I guess. So like definitely not a fan of what, like got the ultimate rub with the Jade stuff as much as you can in the women's division in 2023. And then to really not do anything, not even her, but Tony Khan as well, like not to do anything with that is just very classic AEW booking. But I think definitely need to move on from there. And uh, yeah, if Julia doesn't win, I would be surprised. Um, but we'll see. It's AEW. So yeah. could be Chris. And, you know, then we won't see Julia Hart for a couple weeks or Chris. So, you know, see how it goes. Well, and that's 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 the thing. Like, I think, like, look, like, I mean, that's that's worthy of of being said, like. What, what's been cool about Julia Hart the last few weeks is that she's been on every show. Like she's <laughs> yeah. been on the show. Like, you know, by watching the show that she's, you know, an, an important star, like, you know, star is the wrong word probably. Cause I don't, you know, she's not a star in that regard, but she's somebody important that has focus on her. And like, you see her show to show to show, like it, that matters. Like this is, this is episodic TV really. And so I, I think that it's that right there is an example of why it's important to like pick your people, put them on the show. And the same thing goes for MJF and we'll talk about him in a little bit, but I think same rule applies there. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, Matt, I see your super chats. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll get to them in a second. They apply. Very, <laughs> they very much apply to, uh, to what we'll be discussing here in a minute with, with full gear. So um, hold on that. I do see him and uh, yeah, stick around. We'll definitely, we'll definitely get to those. But first um, the golden jets, Tyler, the golden jets. I don't know where you're at on that name, but it's Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho versus the young bucks. Um, man, like I am like in two very different spots in regards to, this match from an analysis perspective. On one hand, it's so nice, and, it, and it's such a low bar, which is why I don't give it that much credence. But it's nice to see the young bucks like doing something, like doing anything, like of of, of substance. It, you know, it, it to me, it's like okay, well, okay, like all right, we're we gonna get something here. Are they motivated for whatever reason? Like who knows what it is? But we go throughout these time periods of the young bucks just not being around or relevant and now there's there is something there is a hook and i and i like that i think the promotion is better when the young bucks have something solid that they're that they're that they're doing on a regular basis uh and not just having like you know good matches for the sake of having it but like good solid material so i like this for that reason because it gets them in that conversation at the same time it seems like we've been here before with this with this story. It's like the Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are at it again for the same reason. Like one's not being friendly enough with the other one. It's like, God, man, this is like the most dysfunctional group. Like it's like the bloodline in terms of like it's 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 dysfunction without like Roman Reigns at the top beating everybody into submission. And so it's like for as much as this makes the young bucks relevant and for as much as I think the match itself is going to be really good. I just, you know, 
know, unless the Young Bucks like turn super heels and join the Don Callis family, I, I don't know how much bandwidth this has. And so, yeah, it lives on this show and it's going to be a good match. But I, I just I question the need to go back to this. It just it tells me that you haven't done enough um, away from this story that you have to keep leaning on it in order to make these guys you know, matter on your, on your, on your pay-per-view event. So that's my two cents. I'll pick a winner in a minute, but tossing to you, I mean, where are you at on this? Yeah, a lot there. <clears throat> it also be like the bloodline story. If it only took place uh, in Roman's dressing room, right. If nothing ever happened in the middle of the ring, because I, I'm trying to think <laughs> of a young bucks, like match that was formed while talking in the middle of the ring, like ever in the history of the company. It's, it's insane that all every talking segment, I think they've ever had that has been of consequence to setting up a match has been a backstage segment. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of is what it is. I don't expect that to change ever. It's four years in. So um, also, do you know why they're called the golden jets? Have they explained that on TV? On TV? No, on TV. No, I think there is a reason for it, but I don't know. There is, I can tell you, but I just don't want to like, so I'll tell you in the audience, but golden, obviously the golden lovers, Kenny and, uh, and that in the Jets, they're both from Winnipeg. The Jets are the NHL Winnipeg team. Jets. Okay, so that's why they're the Golden yes. Jets. So, but they haven't explained that, and that's pretty deep in the weeds. I would say, of all major, you know, the four major leagues, if you can still count the NHL as one of the top four, the Winnipeg Jets might be like the last team you think of in the 136 professional teams there are in North America. So, I would not blame you for, for not. And they that. weren't but, around for a while either, right? Like, weren't, didn't, weren't no, they yeah, like, they were. Yeah, they're Atlanta like Thrashers or something for a while, something like that. Didn't they go away for a while? Yes, they were the threat. The Thrashers moved to Winnipeg. Yes, I think you're correct. So yeah, it's like they're 12 years old or something. So they're one of the newer the newer teams. They're like the third newest team. So anyway, that's our NHL talk for the day. But um, so there's that. So yes, I agree with you 100. percent This feels like it's out of the blue and it's a lack of creativity from the Bucks slash and also like no one from the Don Callis family could be involved with either. Um, Jericho right. or Kenny, which which makes your fantasy booking idea super interesting. Like if they join the Callis family, I'd be all into that, and I think they'd be the most interesting they've been in the course of the hist- like in the company's yep. history. If they're like the right and left hand of Don Callis, and like Takeshita is like the the singles guy, that's like th- like with that, I think Takeshita can be world champion with those guys yeah. at his side. Like that, yeah. they need to do that now, and I'm gonna be pissed when they don't. So thank you for putting that idea in my head. So, <laughs> Um, well, I mean, like, but seriously, like, it just, like, I just don't know, you know. Yeah, because it doesn't make so any like, sense to do this if you don't. It just feels like a, like, hey, you want to wrestle again? Like, yeah. we need a match. That'd be fun. So, yeah, well, and like, because, yeah, because, like, you know that Kenny and Chris Jericho are in this, like, blood feud with the Don Callis family. And so it's like, okay, that's going on, but, like, this is going to happen instead, I guess. And none of the yeah. Don Callis family are going to be on this show. Like, yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. So I don't, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Like I don't. I, I mean, it's just. I'm saying, like, unless it does, mm-hmm. I don't just. I just don't see why this exists. So yeah, because like the most likely scenario is like that doesn't happen. They have a clean match. Kenny and Jericho win. They all shake hands, and then like the Don Callis family comes out and attacks them, and they team up. Like that would be the worst because they were available for the show, and they Correct. just have this match that sets up a. Oh, they're going to fight on Dynamite, you know, which is yep. probably, well, I know it's on, in Ontario for the Collision, right? Which is just like down the street from, relatively, yeah. down the street from the Kia Forum. So, um, 
Yeah. So we'll see. Well, yeah. So you've now you now made this match that I was kind of like excited to see the match in the ring and see what happens to like live or die on if this has an awesome turn. And like, you know, that's one of like three very exciting things that can happen on the show of eight possible things. I think Julia Hart winning the title is one of those things that, you know, yeah. one or two very interesting things that could happen that really make this a strong thumbs up of a show. And now you've taken, you've given me another one. Let's, let's spin it positive <laughs> that you've given me a good one. So. Oh, well now, now you've done it to me too. And now I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pick like, I'm going to pick, you know, the young bucks here. And it's going to be because the Don Callis family somehow rears their head in, but they're all friends and they fight them off at the end. And that's, that's it. So I'm going to do, I'm going to take the young bucks here and I don't, but I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good yeah. about it. One damn bit. One like side parallel. Let's say hypothetically this happens. The young bucks join the Don Callis family. Does that mean it's more or less likely that Will Ospreay signs with AEW? Um, or does it not matter <sighs> at all? I I would say that it doesn't matter. I, okay. I don't know that that would have an impact. I, I because or a total I mean, it wouldn't have a total nonstop action. You mean? <laughs> Sorry. Yes, it wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have that. But I don't. I mean, like I think part of what I like about the part of what I like about the the Don Callis family right now is, you know, it's the fact that. Like I think the Young Bucks can add to it because they're a tag team and they're big stars in that company, but but they're a tag team. The singles guys are all like these like higher level-ish up-and-comers. Like I like Takeshita being at the top of that. Same thing with Powerhouse Hobbs. I, I think that works really well for for that faction. If you put Will Ospreay in there, it kind of just like I don't want it doesn't water it down, but it like just it pushes everybody down a peg. Um, and I just also don't know that Will Ospreay fits there. Like, I, you know, he just, I don't think he needs the, like Don Callis mainly. Like mm-hmm. Takeshita, Pobbs, Fletcher, they all benefit from from being with with uh, with Don Callis. Ospreay mm-hmm. is just his own, you know, it's just his own guy, like in my eyes. So I, I don't think that matters, you know, one way or the other. Yeah, I agree. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, yeah interesting. Because, you know, that's like the biggest free agent of next year, I think, at least yeah. uh, as of right now. So maybe Drew. Well, I mean, of course. CM I think Pop Drew's – seems like Drew has decided where to where to be for the next couple of years. We'll yeah. I, I, well, <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, let's get to – real quick, let's get to uh, – I want to get to one of uh, Matt's comments here. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. We got your other ones. Don't worry, we won't forget about those. And uh, hello to TNA Dave in our chat. Thank you. Um, Matt, why not give all the bells to House of Black and have a faction be the focal point, the focal point, everyone fighting them? Or another faction, whoever, just flip the whole company on its head. I, you know, Matt, like, we'll talk about this more in the main event, but I think, like, you could be looking at something like that. You know, not it, not, it won't happen in one night, but... Depending on how the main event goes, you may be looking at something like that with with Bullet Club, with Bullet Club Gold um, at some point. I mean, the House of Black, I just don't know that you can do it with them at this point because they're just they're never on the show either. Like Alistair Black, when the hell is the last time he's had a match on the show? Singles match. Yeah. A couldn't, singles couldn't match. Couldn't even yeah. tell you. Couldn't tell you. I and think so it's a I just, for him, but 
Oh, is it? Okay. All right. Well, I, I mean, I not like, not that he's injured, but I just don't, I think he knows he can't have like NXT matches. If I had to guess no reporting there, but that's the only thing that that, that would tell me. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that's, you know, a good, a good call to me. But my point is like, you can't do it for that reason, whether it's health related or whatever. Yeah, I don't think you can put it on them, but I think you can look at other factions. Don Callis family is another one that you could potentially, you know, potentially do that with. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, ha- I don't, I don't dismiss that idea. Right, Matt. How about you, Tyler? Yeah, I think Matt, if I, you know, Matt, let me, let us know in the comments if I'm right here. I think you picked House of Black because a, they have a, a woman in their faction and not many AW factions are mm. mixed gendered. So that's just like an easy example. Um, but also, you know, the get this little jab in. There's way too many belts to do it where every belt is owned by one faction. But yes, you can do the world <laughs> title and maybe the tag titles or the the, the trios titles, right? Would make sense. Same thing with the Don Callis family, right? You could build yeah. to yeah. Takeshita as the world champion, the Young Bucks as the um, tag team champions, or the Young Bucks and Hobbs as the trios champions. Like that would be a super interesting group of like Hobbs demolishing people and the Bucks doing high flying moves. Like I'd I'd be here. So that would, cool. make, would make those belts super interesting. So there's definitely a way to do that. It's you almost have to do, you almost have to be a heel faction to dominate and have all the, the belts or else it's not exciting yeah. whatsoever. If, you know, MJF and Cole is a good guy still, and then they're friends with Kenny and Jericho and they all have the belts. It feels pretty boring. You know, if you just do that thought exercise. So I'm here for it. And I think, you know, as a lot of Matt's super chats that we'll get to here, I think a big change is in order for AEW. I don't, you know, I guess my only, and we'll talk about this more here. My guess is Tony Khan sees what's on the horizon for WWE. Even if he says he doesn't watch it, I'm sure he knows what's going on. And like, is this really when you want to do like a big flip of who's on top during one of the hottest runs in probably 15 years for WWE, the next six months, a huge Royal rumble, a huge road to WrestleMania, probably the biggest WrestleMania of all time. You know, maybe he wants to compete with that and change everything, or maybe you want to wait till after that. I don't know. So that's my only trepidation from like doing a big switch over minus, you know, doing a WCW and taking all the belts off of everybody and starting fresh, you know, let's not do that. But I know it's not what you're saying either. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, the one thing that does is like, it always makes the titles like, I think more important or feel more important in that in that regard like if you have everything in this one big faction you know the t the tnt champion is going to feel like a big deal like the tag team champions will feel like a big deal if it's part of a faction that's running the show um so it can do a lot to freshen up but you have to have it on the right guys and you know i don't they're not there yet i would not i would say they're just not there yet but i think bullet club gold is getting close where you could mm-hmm. where you could think about think about doing something like that and they may pull the first trigger on that um, this weekend let's go to another pun one for that here pun 100 uh, i've been saving that one for hours yeah uh matt also says and i cannot agree with this more i already read it i pre-screened matt's thing here matt's note because mm-hmm. i wanted to to, to to read this but matt says i know there are too many belts already but stop Having ROH on AEW, period. Split the roster. Have separate titles on Dynamite and Collision. Without a split, it's just bloated and overcrowded. So I agree with the first part wholeheartedly. Couldn't agree more. You got to 
get the ROH garbage off of uh, off of television. Like it just, I said it from the very beginning. If you want to have ROH be a thing, it has to be its own thing. No no way. You can you can't put it in these like pitch black dark arenas with like 900 people in it with 13 matches and throw it on honor club every week and expect people to, to care. Like you just, you just not even, not even a Mountain Dew pitch black arena, just a regular, not even a Mountain Dew. You're not even getting paid sponsorship money for this. Like it just, it needs to stop. Like it's hurting, you know, (laughs) it just hurts the AEW product. I mean, now you've got, you had the young bucks do a, (laughs) do a job for, who uh, that ROH team the other uh, just a couple weeks ago because yeah. they were like, well, we have no other way to get out of this, so <laughs> here we go. And Samoa yeah. Joe was just like, forget it, I don't want this thing anymore. I'm, I'm relinquishing the the television championship after like a 500 day reign. Like it makes <laughs> no sense. It doesn't matter. This stuff doesn't matter, and it hurts the shows, and it hurts ROH too, to be frank, because. If you want to have ROH be a standalone product down the road, you can't treat the titles like, you know, second class citizens on a show for, for two years. Like it'd be better to just to not have them at all. And I think that that's fully realized at this point. Zen, your turn. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Samojo abdication of the titles was like one of one of the best things I've seen on AEW television this year. It was like, great. It was great. Because of like, I like, you know, we didn't talk football yet, but like yet. when my, when I, when I watched my team uh, two days ago, kick a field goal against a hated rival that stole the franchise and took two Super Bowls from me. Like that's what I felt when Samojo relinquished that title and said, I want it because I want to be solely focused on the AEW world title. A yes. makes that world title seem much more meaningful because you have a, guy who's put in a prominent spot going for it and telling you why he's going for it. And right. like him and Swerve are in similar, Swerve's not going for the world title, but Swerve tells you as a heel why he's doing what he's doing. And that's what makes a good villain. There's a reason yep. when you watch a Batman movie, let's say, you know why the villain is doing what they're doing. You don't, you don't ever have a soliloquy of Batman telling you why he's doing what he's doing, right? You see maybe the origin story, but because no one, like everyone gets it. Like you're the good guy. You're doing good things. Everyone should be good, right? That's the story. That's morality in general, right? So that's why the bad guy explains why they do because they have to, no one can just be like, oh yeah, I like to hurt people. It gets me excited. Like you can't even say that and be like taken seriously because like you, anyway, that's just (laughs) good guys and bad guys explained. Thank you for coming to my TED talk, but um, (laughs) where are we at? ROH, sorry. But like, yes, that with the Bucks, you know, Eddie, I would rather Eddie drop it now that he's world champion so he can be on AEW TV, but you need some anchor there. But yes, the things you and I talked about, the second ROH was bought and the second Tony Khan said he was going to book that, and the second he could not get a TV deal, like everybody, 100%, like if you ask anyone that follows wrestling, what would you do? They would not do what Tony Khan did. They would do what they're doing now, transitioning this to a developmental brand. They're going the full NXT route, where probably as mm-hmm. part of the next TV deal, essentially Max will get this ROH thing for free on streaming as like a point to like prove that this third brand can happen. And then, hey, maybe in 15 years, they can get, some sort of money from someone to do it as its own thing. Like NXT is now after literally 15 years of being a product. 
So yes. you can't just create it out of nothing. It doesn't mean anything to anybody besides some very loyal people here. But well, and, you know, and there's, the there's no is, ROH Dave. There's TNA Dave because TNA has more brand loyalty than ROH does. So thank you. For well, that. yeah. And the thing of it is, too, it's like you have AEW. You have the better product. You have the bigger product. You have the more well-known brand. It's like if anybody's going to talk to you about a TV deal, I mean, they're going to want that. Like, yeah. I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, like I don't understand, like, especially when the two, two are so closely tied and you can barely differentiate them. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. Now, as far as the separate titles on Dynamite and Collision, um, yeah, I mean, in theory, you could do that. But just remember, it took WWE like 30 years to get to a point where they were able to run two separate brands at the same time effectively and efficiently like a really really long time to build up brand loyalty you know shows that mattered stars that mattered it, it took a long time it didn't just happen overnight so i still i would disagree with you on that part of it matt because i just don't think they have the continuity you know or, or depth enough to to do that like you chop your ro- – and our roster is already hurting like at the top of the card in terms of, you know, talent that can wrestle for your world title. You split that in half. I mean, man, it gets slim pickings like really, really quick, and then the repercussions of that are felt down the rest of the roster. So I would just have less titles and book cleaner stuff across both shows. I don't think you need two sets of titles to do that. Agreed. I think like a hybrid approach is what I would offer – as advice to Tony Khan right now, like for example, whoever the world champion is should be on both shows more often than not. We're talking about dynamite and collision here, but let's say maybe, Hey, let's say Adam Copeland is who you're going to, he's only on Saturday and you can say it explicitly or you cannot, it's up to you, whatever you want to do, but you at least signal the audience like, Hey, Adam Copeland is like in the main event or in the opening match or something important is going on with him every Saturday. And John Moxley and the BCC are every Wednesday or Kenny Omega and Jericho or every Wednesday, like you pick some tentpole guys that are not champions, probably not going to be champions anytime soon. And you know, like, Hey, I like whatever's going on there. Like if I get all the Christian Adam Copeland stuff on Saturday and all the Cal's family and Kenny stuff on Wednesday for the next three months, like I know, and both are appointment viewing for that reason. And then I've got MJF bouncing around both shows and yeah whatever you want to do from there, but having when you can then have enough stars to do that, I think that's a good way to transition of like, Hey, besides the world champion, they should be on most shows. Cause in only having one world champion, but of course drop the belts as well. Like merge the TNT in international championship, right. probably merge the, like, I don't know, I guess I like two women's belts, especially if you have two shows, but you know, would you rather have a women's tag team or, a secondary women's title or just one women's belt. Like I think it's easier to tell stories without as many belts, honestly, because then you're yes. forced to not have that as a crutch that Tony Khan uses so much to be like, Hey, title match ratings bonanza. No, you got to tell, like, I want to see these two people tell a story and finish that story. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, let's get to uh, let's get to another match here on the show and uh, make sure we round out our, our preview here. Um, Source Strickland versus Hangman Page, Texas Death Match. Um, this is the match I'm looking forward to most on the card. 
Um, I have really enjoyed what they've done, what they've done here. It's been a pleasant surprise to see an Adam Page who's motivated, angry, a little pissed off, like that has some energy and, and some fire behind him. And, and I, I like that, you know, babyface hangman page has something, but he doesn't, he rarely taps into it. Like he rarely taps into that intensity. And I think we've seen that here throughout the build. Um, Swerve though. I mean, Swerve is the story. I think of maybe this whole pay-per-view in terms of a guy who's hitting on all cylinders going into the biggest match of his career in AEW. Like, I think he's just his presence is on point. I I seem like I liked the house invasion more than more than most people because I figured that like the way I took that whole thing was that if nobody was there, including the baby, so it's like it's more of just like threatening mannerisms than oh Swerve is gonna like hurt this baby in the crib. Like I, I just that I didn't go that way like some other people did. But even in even even that said, in that environment though, he just you know, walking through the house with the, the kind of the way that he sauntered around it. And the he just, he feels like a dangerous heel that is calculated, but also like unhinged at the same time. and could just completely go off the deep end at, at any moment. And I think that that's, it's really fun to watch him, you know, play, to, to watch him play that out. And so you kind of have this storyline coming to a head, you know, and it feels like a Texas death match is, is warranted. And, and I think uh, that makes this, really really strong so i'm looking forward to this um i i i i i want it i think swerve takes it um but probably because we're not done with the with the feud i i i I don't know i don't know that like i don't know that adam page can get more hurt with a loss but I think Swerve can, and so in that re- in that regard, I would I'd be booking Swerve to go over here, and I think I think I think Tony Khan knows he's got something there, so I think uh, Payman Page is going to do this job in in bloody fashion. Yeah, uh, we have a new addition to wrestling math as well, which I think is very exciting. Yes, we, we got do. <laughs> Virginia plus Washington plus. California equals Texas, so that's great. So I'm glad we got that Texas death match with all the all that going in there. So correct, um, correct. <laughs> um, if if these two guys were stocks, right? Like obviously, I think we would agree. You would agree with me on this: is that Swerve is on the up, and yeah. Page is on the. Oh, yeah. You know, if, if that's like a, if I were stock analyst, like I'm rating Swerve as a must buy, and I'm probably doing Page as a hold or a slight sell, right? As a talent. Yep. Which like tells me that like Swerve has to win this. He's got to win it as it is a death match. Like he can cheat. So screw over Page in some way. Have Nana help you. Whatever it's going to be, but brutally defeat him. And like you've gone into the house. Like you kind of have to finish it here. Um. So it seems like I don't know. Like like definitely not Booker of the Year stuff to have Page win here for no reason. Because then it is over, just like we talked about with the other tag match. So Swerve has to win, in my mind. Um, has to looking win. at this, like, it's like the it's like the most obvious of all the matches here, honestly. So that scares me that it seems so obvious that Swerve's <laughs> going to win. So I, I'm with Swerve as well, but like you got to pull the trigger on this, and like Swerve has proven in a lot of ways that he's a top guy, and this is like a step to get there, like. 
you know, you can get, depending on how the MJF stuff goes, even so, like, let's say no matter what happens with MJF and Jay White, whoever wins that match, like, I want to see Swerve and MJF wrestle if MJF's still a babyface, like, soon. Right. Like, yes. Like, like the, the revolution card, probably. So, like, to get mm-hmm. there, I want Swerve to win here for that reason. And, like, if MJF's still the babyface champion, like, that feels like a real moment for AEW to, like, do what Matt at least is talking about here and pivot this company in a big way to a guy who was thrown away by WWE and then to make him your world champion, like, Cody them with your own version of Cody. Like, how could you not, yes. like, want to do that? I don't know. It just seems crazy, but we'll see. Tony Khan has has made some ill choices in the past, but this seems, like, so obvious to me. It's 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 concerning how obvious this is <laughs> i don't think he's gonna miss on this one. I, I really don't i don't think he's gonna miss i mean he's got logs in the fire for mjf as champion coming out of this you know he's, they've played the word low stuff they've done that you know but yeah swerve if he wins this match i mean and, and mjf either, like you said either way you can go to mjf you can either do it for the title or you can do it for um you can do it for the uh just just as a as a grudge feud you know as something you know, to elevate Swerve and to, you know, give MJF a strong heel opponent to work with. So, yeah, this, I don't know. I think he's going to, I think he, they're going to make the right call here. I'm expecting a really good match. I think they've done a really good job building this thing. Um, and yeah, Swerve, uh, Swerve, uh, Swerve goes over. To get back to our other conversation, uh, really quick here with Matt's uh, uh, super chat. Thank you, Matt. Uh, Evolution on Raw and Cena on JBL. This is a perfect era to look at, in my opinion. Put the title, TNT title on collision with the women's title and the trios title. Boom. That makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Like the thing is though, if you do that though, you know, the women's like, you really have to make, like you move a lot of talent off of that alpha dynamite. If you do that, all like your top women, like would not be on that show. I don't know if that's a great idea. The trios championships. I don't know if that really means anything enough, you know, to get people to, to like watch one brand. So you know, I think you need to like reorganize and like have you need you need two world titles. Like you have to treat you can't have, you know, like you can't have like the TNT championship serve as the the main title that everybody's going for on that show at this point in time. Titles just not established enough to, for that. So I see what you're saying, Matt. I just I don't I don't think that the depth's there at the, at this at this time. Yeah, and I think it's like more the hybrid approach of like when you can get to that point. I still think only having one world title is where it is, but you know, I don't think it's that hard to, especially if you're doing monthly pay-per-views to like bounce back and forth between like top guys on collision and dynamite. Right. If you're the world champion, um, if you're doing it in that way, but yeah, not right now. And you know, if it's only the TNT title and the trios title and the way the women's title is booked, like that's a reading a recap show for me, honestly. Right. So, Right yeah, exactly. at this point, exactly. but you can build it up to where that's not the point. And if you have the world champion plus all of that, then yeah, your collision is probably the better show. And then you can have the the forever debate of what show is better, uh, Dynamite or Collision. And right now, I don't think that debate is had, which is a problem between the branding because they all feel they both the shows feel so similar to each other, which is a whole other thing. But that's that's more of a yeah. article, I think, than a than a podcast at this point. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean. You, you're totally right, and that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think it. It doesn't mean you can't ever do that. You just can't. I just don't think you can do that right now. Uh, 
Back to the Swerve Bats, though. Matt's got a couple quick hitters here. This is the most interesting Hangman has been in five years. Swerve rules stoked for his future. Yeah, we definitely are. We definitely are, too. And how is Hangman not a badass cowboy? I don't get it. Well, he's the millennial cowboy. He's the millennial cowboy. And you may see, I mean, Hangman Page did hang a bloody John Moxley from a, from a, was it a cow, cowbell in, in their Texas death match? Or how? I think so. Like on a yeah, bull so rope he, or something. In a bull rope. Yeah. I mean, so he almost killed the guy. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> that's kind of a bad yeah. cow, but I get what you're saying. You need, that's what I, that's what I, that was my whole point. Like, we got to see this hangman more often. This is a more compelling hangman. And, I hope that they recognize that because it very, very much um, is true. And then Matt is going to play a Yellowstone reference here. What amazes me is that Yellowstone has been the biggest show and cultural phenomenon in the past four years. And if Hangman and AW have not capitalized on the Cowboy, instead he's been sad and a simp. <laughs> Matt, you crack me up, man. Uh, yes, more, more of what we we just mentioned. So more, yeah, more Kevin, Kevin Costner, right? Or was the main Kevin guy? Costner. And yeah. uh well, because he's not he's done with the show now. But is that Dalton? John is that Dutton is no more Dutton, John the Dutton, Dutton Ranch. Yeah, yeah. The Dutton Ranch. I, I, I haven't watched it, but I like Tulsa King. And it's in the same universe. So there you go. That's my contribution. I like Tulsa comment. King too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was a fun show. The Makes crime seem show. fun to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. And they're like and they're like a pit that they throw all the bodies in, and then there's like no recourse. Like that's just like if you throw them in the pit, then no one checks on it. That's what I've it's heard. Called the, it's called the train station, my friend. It's okay. called the train station. Bring <laughs> it to the train station. There and it goes away forever. <laughs> you know what? You know what? They do explain that. It's okay. not a good explanation, but they do take the time at, to explain. I'm not, I will give it away for those who haven't watched it. Okay. But yeah. you should definitely watch the show. I think it's a good show. Yeah. Although the last season gets a little. Eh, yeah. Matthew McConaughey is going to come in too. So that'll be fun. Allegedly. For real? That's the that's the rumor that he'll be like the replacement guy. It'll be take place in Texas, move, like move it down to Texas and have him be like. That's that is a that's good news. That's good news for me. Allegedly, right? I so like, I like the writer strike and SAG thing. Yeah, SAG yeah. Finally ending. Then then some more news can drop on that. I would expect. So, thank you for coming to our Yellowstone and uh, David Lynch podcast. <laughs> All right, the couple more matches here. Uh, <laughs> Hashida against Tony Storm for the AEW Women's Championship. Man, I'll throw to you first on this one. You go first. Yeah, I think built uh, not effectively. Um, you know, the, I think the, the stuff on Dynamite was okay. I like the contract signing again. You could do that in the ring. Sheeta can speak English tremendously well. Way better yeah, than can. I think Oscar and Kyrie Sane and EO Sky can, and, and they're they're all over WWE television in the ring. So again, it's insane to me, but I'll, I'll let that digress. More happening in the ring, in front of a live audience is is better in AEW to me than not. Um, but I like that they kind of did an interesting take on that um, signing there, and Tony Storm laid out why she wants to be champion again for a a heel, I guess. To be, even though she's like a beloved heel, which is not always a good spot. Like she'll be a baby face in no time, especially if she beats Sheeta. So not ideal. But someone laying out why they would win the title in AEW, I think is a positive move forward. And it feels like this is Tony's title to have. Then you can interact, interact from there with, you know, Ruby and Soraya, however you see fit. 
Chris, uh, not Chris. Uh, oh my gosh, what is her name? Um, Britt Baker. Ruby? Fred. Britt Baker. No, Britt Baker's friend. Jamie um, Hader. Jamie Hader, thank you. Jamie Hader, big star, obviously, coming back. You know, Thunder Rosa, will she ever come back? I don't think I've seen anything on that. But, you know, it'd be a good opportunity for someone to come back and feel exciting. Um, but, yeah, I think Tony uh, leaves more options for what to do there because they just cannot seem to book Sheeta as champion. Um, or in general. We probably won't see her for three, three months. So I think the match will be good, but it's already been such a downer on the women's division. But I just – I'm not going to be played – as someone that's going to be hopeful for the women's division in AW, the way they're booked. So, I, I just I want to see like they have to just re get the division like straightened out here. You 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 got to figure out who your top stars are, and go with them. And 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 Tony Storm is not a heel. Like, you know, I'm sorry. Like she's just she's not. You know, and in this match, this match is going to be awkward because of that. You know, because you've got the story here is like crazy Tony Storm is being crazy. And then like the fighting babyface champion Sheeta is going up against her and is going to try to beat her. But the problem is everybody loves Tony Storm. Yeah, she is a babyface. They like to act. I think this can, can be a good match, but I think the crowd is going to be totally like in a position where we don't know what we, what we really want. We like Tony Storm. It's a fun, fresh little gimmick. Let's we want that. Let's let's go with that. It, and I don't think you should bend all the time to like random like our truth style over stuff on your wrestling show. But in this case, Tony Storm is the top woman, if not one of the top three women on the roster. So it plays in that regard. So I like I want to see like you go with Tony Storm here. She gets a ton of time on TV. She's reinventing herself. It's a cool gimmick. I don't know how long it's going to last, and neither does she, and neither does Tony Khan. But it's hot now, and she's the big star of the division, and she can have good matches. Like you, you got to go with this. You got to go with this, and you got to paint her as a babyface, and then go. And that means heels come next. Like Soraya has to be something that that happens. Build her up. You can build. You can do Ruby again. You know, Thunder Rosa coming in would be would be really would be would be really effective i think Britt baker if she ever decides that she wants to you know be a pro wrestler that actually draws money like you know she could she could be somebody that could work a good program with tony Storm. Mm -hmm. but it starts with tony and it starts with with that with this match i think you know poor sheeta because she is the person that gets gets that championship when tony khan needs to write that division um but you know you know, she hasn't gone with her in quite some time. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think he does here either. This is, this is, this has Tony Storm written all over it for me. Um, yeah. One, do you one think... thing on Tony. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, well, before this one thing on Tony, I think she wins as well. Like I said, but this character, I think has lots of legs if you do it the right way. Right. Cause she's basically Norma yes. Desmond, which is, which is from sunset Boulevard. So a 1950 film, which is really based on a 19, like a silent film star who could not, who couldn't make it in the talkies, right? So she's like a 1930s starlet, right? You've got yeah. lots of movie history that she can like advance. I think it'd be hilarious and, and interesting if she chronologically was like Judy Garland, and then she was whatever, who's someone from Dude, the 50s. Yeah. She was Marilyn Monroe, and then she was um, like Jane Fonda. Like all that is there and ready to, and, and 
is there to grab and, and tell a story there. And I think all that's so interesting. And it's, it's, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't have faith in it, but I think creatively she came up with this, it seems. So maybe she'll be creative enough and give the opportunity to do that. So I think that would be great. Well, and I, and I think the beauty of it is too, is like, and this, this was, a, there was an example of this on dynamite this past week, which is she was able to make it like connect with what's going to yeah. happen in the ring. Like mm-hmm. it's not just something that she's doing. Like she was able to connect this to winning the match and winning the championship. And that's what you need to make a crazy gimmick like this successful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, the, it's not like the undertaker, but the undertaker act when you think about it is so out there and could, could never yeah, work. He's, but he's a zombie. He's a, yeah, he's a dead zombie. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on. Like, that wouldn't work. Or something. Yeah. Yeah, Frankenstein. But for whatever reason, he's able to you know connect into like the wrestling universe and yeah. win matches and win titles, and it and it and that's when that's when you've got gold. And I think after that's why he I'm went to heaven, it. after he went to heaven, he came back and he and then came, became an American badass after he went to heaven. And now he's like an American badass dead man guy. Yeah, you know. Yes. So, but I but I think, but yeah, you're right. And so, do we see Mercedes Monet? Is this is it time for her, Tyler? I don't Thank think you, Zach, I don't think so. Way, appreciate it. Yeah. I don't think so, just because I think some of her comments she said she'll be with a wrestling company in 2024. I don't know if I have that exact quote correct, but that was the gist of it. So it seems to me when you have a you have two opportunities here, right? You either are happy with the direction of WWE and you show up and Bailey gets turned on by all the new friends of of EO Sky. And then Bailey saves her at the Royal Rumble, let's say, as a surprise entrant. Or AEW's pay-per-view, what, December 30th? You could premiere at some point there, and then you're signed for 2024. And that's a big splash. And you go into 2024 with a renewed hope for AEW because they got another big signing. So I think those are the two options, if I'm her, to make the biggest impact in the space. But we'll see. Maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we see Mercedes Monet. And again, and I've been saying this for months. I'll believe it when I see it in AEW. But I think there's a much better chance that the wrestling company she's going to sign with in 2024 is WWE. I mean, it's a Triple H led company now. You know, it's got it's connected into Endeavor. You know, who has there's tons of opportunities out there outside of the ring for her. Um, you know, there, there, I I just don't think there's a not a chance in hell like that 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 that's going to happen. I, I I really I think you're going to see Sasha Banks back before you see Mercedes Monet in, a, in an AW ring. That's just my two cents. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. All right, Orange Cassidy, and John Moxley, uh, international title. I want to. I'm excited to see these guys pulverize each other and beat you know beat each other to a pulp. Um, I hate the psychology of this match. I really, I really don't like uh, just that you're asked to cheer for or against Cassidy or John Moxley. Like, you know, I get, you know, if, if this was like a fight about respect and a fight about, hey, seeing who's the best and there's two baby faces and they're just going to fight it out. You know? Okay. I, I think I can get behind that, but you've got Moxley like acting like he's like trying to play heel here. And I, I just, that doesn't click for me, you know? And I don't, 
and, and it's hard to get sympathy on Orange Cassidy that way. You've already done this match really this way at Russ or at All Out, like is when we saw this before, the same kind of the same story. So they've twisted it a little bit, and you know, where Orange Cassidy's the champion, but he has to beat John Moxley. And I can get on board with that, but I just don't think the match fits very well because just because of these two guys are just two likable AW guys. And I don't I don't think people want to see them like, you know, really hate each other. I agree with the psychology aspect of it. I think you can retcon this with some some smart booking and lots of directions here. Okay. Um, but th- this is a John Moxley problem as long as you try and frame him in any way other than the heart and soul of the company, uh, which is what his, right. he's always going to be, in my opinion. Um, so I think one, one super interesting way, and this is not going to happen, so don't get too excited here, but I think a great way for both characters here is they – do the match that they're going to have, which is going to be awesome. It's going to put Orange Cassie in a different viewpoint of like, he's a guy, he's even stated it, like he cares. He wants to win this. He wants to prove he's the greatest international champion of all time, etc. Love that for him and his character and his development. Um, I think the best way to do this here, you have them beat each other to an inch of their lives, wrestling kayfabe lives. Moxley wins. Shakes. Cassie's hand and Cassie joins BCC. And then that solidifies that group as a babyface group. You get Cassie away from whatever unintended and you <laughs> make him a top guy. Yuta and, and um, oh my gosh, Claudio, Claudio are, yeah. the not important. I was called him Cesaro. So I apologize, but um, are not important guys in that group, right? It's Danielson, Moxley, Cassie could be a loose triumvirate of top guys that are badasses that beat people up. You solidify Cassie as a top guy in the company that way. You can even have him and Moxley tag against Claudio and Wheeler, and they can go to ROH and be top guys in ROH. I think that'd be a fun transition for them. Like all of this could work so perfectly. I don't think any of that's going to happen. Uh, I don't know who's going to win here. I didn't look it up on this match, but like, that would be so awesome. So, again, I'm upset at myself for even coming up with it. Why do I do yeah, this show? I should just watch it and turn my brain off. And I would like Pride EW. <laughs> How dare you? How did? Well, I mean, that's like – you just think about where they were at, at at All Out. Yeah. Orange Cassidy elevated to the next – I thought to the next level. Yeah. And then he was put in a tag team with Hook and pushed right back down the mountain, so to speak. And it's kind of like – we're there again, like not now. Yeah. What happens? Like so, I, you know, I, I, I think that John Moxley wins this for, for that reason. Like I don't, like I guess you kind of have a redo here in, in in that regard. Like that, okay, Orange Cassidy can overcome again, win the match, and now he can move on to bigger and better things. But at this point, I don't even know if Tony wants that for Orange Cassidy. Like he had it, he had he had it there, and he didn't take it. And so um, now you're doing it again, but you know, I, I yeah, I, I'm going Moxley here. I just, you know, he is the heart and soul of the company. Like, I think it's a, it's a silly attempt to try to make him anything, but, and, you know, I think the match can go exactly as you said, they beat each other within an inch of their life. Moxley wins, raises the hand to orange Cassidy. You're both baby faces again. 
and then you know then you know yeah maybe you need some more heels somewhere but at least it's not them and i think that's that'd be a good thing so i'm going yeah i'm going john moxley here yeah i, I don't i mean you know i i agree with you i think i'd lean john moxley i just wouldn't do it i just don't think john moxley should be the international champion i think that belt is well, so below him um and you know i know cassie's elevated it and moxley can do the same but i don't know it just like the way it's set up there is like I see the they're coming for you, Zach. I you know, man. Okay. They don't they don't like my pick, man. They don't like my pick. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I think it's Moxley, and I think they win. And who knows? Maybe Claudio and Wheeler will come up and beat up Cassidy, and then we'll get Cassidy and the best friends taken on BCC in a six man tag this this Wednesday on Dynamite, and then I'll just oh, my, eyes are, <laughs> my eyes are glazed over. So the tale of two bookings. I'd say one is inspired because I came up with it, so I'll, I'll claim some obviously some obviously. ego some ego there. But uh, I, I would contest anyone to argue which which booking they like better. Um, and oh yeah, come on, debate. Yeah, there's no join there's the no debate. debate. Yeah, so. no debate, no debate. You can join the debate, but we're gonna push back on you. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's why you that's why you come here to get conversation and not talked at. So we'll be respectful. That's for sure. Um, all right, man. Let's uh, wrap it up here. Our main event of the evening, and we're going to talk about two matches within this conversation. So the main event is MJF versus Jay White for the AW World Championship. Uh, we also have on the show MJF and a mystery tech, not a mystery tag team partner, but a tag team partner that's to be named later or soon. Um um, against the Guns uh, for the ROH Tag Team Championships. So, a lot going on here. You've got MJF, who's the champion, Jay White, the challenger. That story, in and of itself, I think has been fine. I think that's been a good, outside of the you know stupid angle with the quarters. The rest of that build, I've you know, I think it's been been good. I think MJ or Jay White in particular has stepped up and been a really good heel. Um, I think MJF is still trying to figure out, you know, kind of how to talk and how to act as a babyface. But working with Jay White, I think makes that, you know, makes that equation a lot a lot easier. That's one story, but then you've got all this other stuff happening on the side. You've got the Devil. You've got the group of thugs that beat up the acclaimed at the end of the show. You have Samoa Joe lingering and wanting to be um, MJF's tag team partner against the guns. You have Adam Cole and the friendship there and the things happening with the kingdom. So a lot happening. Take it from whatever angle you want to. But what do you make of this match going into full gear? And how does it play out? What do you think is going to happen? Well, I'm tired of this gimmick of him working two matches on a show. So don't love that. But I've liked, you know, minus what you just said. I think the build's been good. I think the card blade getting the belt in the just total uh, MacGyvering of that standee when you see the back of it is very funny to me every time I see it. So that's a perfect Juice <laughs> Robinson so funny. mode. Um, yeah, I think it's there. It's it's proven that Jay White walking around with that belt doesn't feel alien. It feels like he fits that spot in this company, et cetera. It's, you know, I haven't loved if MJF wins the fact that MJF's mind is a million different places and he's still going to defeat this whole group of deals while he's worried about Joe and Wardlow and what's going on with Adam 
and his friend Adam and all that stuff. Um, I don't think that Adam! puts those, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that puts the Bullet Club Gold in a great light, especially because they're going to cheat. And is MJF going to overcome to win? You know, will Adam Cole come out and help him not get defeated? Like that would be a, a good story to tell. So we'll see. But you know, this is what the problem with MJF as a babyface is that he still does all his heel things in the ring. He's just liked. So it, it, it hurts to define the character strongly because of that. So, you know, I've liked the story. I'm concerned where they go from here in a lot of different directions. And with the MJF character, like you've stated many times, and I agree with you, him on the chase, like any good baby face, is better on the chase. It's not boring. It's not John Cena as champion. It's not Roman as champion when he's a baby face. It's not Randy Orton as a baby face. Like no one would prefer Randy Orton as a baby face over a heel, right? Some people are just better as heels. And typically, if you have a long time champion, it works way better if they're heels. Just look at AEW. Kind of a checkered past of world champions having good runs. But Jericho, Kenny had okay runs as heels. You know, Hangman, not a good run as a babyface. CM Punk, not a good run as a babyface. Maybe not so much because of his character, but just being injured and all the stuff around it. Just and, being uh, an a hole. Yeah. And, you know, Moxley, good run as a babyface. Um, so, you know, there's a checkered past and what works for who. But, yeah. So I know it's kind of a larger scale view of your question there. But I think the important thing here is that it, Jay White feels like a guy who should be holding that belt now then now forever so to say i agree i agree this is the move this is the move this is the time to make the move and uh and i'll go to matt's super chat here from earlier in the show mjf is mid but seriously aw needs a change jan top joe kenny mox brian whoever it is but not mjf and you know i agree with this not because mjf is mid i don't think that i think he i think you take the belt off of him so you can realize his full potential as the true top star, babyface star of the company. Like the, I just, I think you have to like take this step back with him to take like a giant leap forward to me. That's mm -hmm. what, that's what this does. It freshens up the whole scene. It puts MJF on the chase. And that is something that I think people will attach themselves to. Like if you look at year from now, it, you know, I think people will be salivating at the notion of MJF getting the title back. I, I you know, I really do. Not to mention, you know, I guess he might be gone by then. And even if that's the case, then you really want to get the belt off of him. But let's say he signed the contract. You know, I don't, I don't think lining up Wardlow and Samoa Joe and, you know, and I mean, and I guess Adam Cole, like that is interesting, but I don't think it's any more interesting than him not having it and trying to win it back with the support of everybody behind him. Cause the, he won it last time as a heel. So like you didn't get that like huge pop moment, you know, of MJF winning the title with everybody behind him or like think of Wembley stadium, you know, filled with 60,000 people and, and, and him winning that title back. Like that I think is what you want to build towards. And Jay White's a good guy to take it to take to take it off of him, and so I think you do that. I think you can do that, and then MJF has a ton of stuff to do. You can do a rematch, of course, but then you've got the Devil storyline. You've got you know whatever that is going to be. You you have that. 
to, to, to go to that. You don't have to see that play out with the championship. This could be the, you know, the road to the championship again, that MJF, you know, he's got to vanquish this devil character, whoever it is to on the way to get there. So more so than anything, you know, I think the match is going to be a really good match. You forget Jay White is a hell of a damn wrestler. He, that Mm -hmm. guy, I mean, I expect the two of these guys to have a really, really good match on Saturday night. Um, But I think Jay White wins it. I think Jay White wins and you go this direction. MJF's still your top guy, top chasing babyface, but you know, he's, he's on a, on a new path. Um, And then Matt also says you, this pay-per-view needs to get them back on track. I think a decision like this helps jolt them into a position where you can start to, to do that and start building, building some momentum up. Um, so I, 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 I'm going to say they go that, or that's the route they should go. That's the route they should go. Do you think we get devil? Uh, do you think we get devil uh, movement as far as like that story here? I certainly hope so. Um, <clears throat> I think that would help define things in one direction or the other, whether that be they screw over MJF or they help MJF and he doesn't want them to help him. And then that can be some sort of moral thing. You know, I think there's like a lot of things with Ad- the Adam Cole story that could be interest- more interesting than it has been. Certainly. I think I, like anything happening would be more interesting than it has been, but you know, let's say MJF loses and it's, let's say he's got the dynamite diamond ring Cole's at ringside and tells him like, no, don't do it. You don't need that. You've got all of us. You can do it. And he puts the ring away and then Cole slips like Jay white, like some brass knuckles or something. And like, then MJF lost because he chose to do the right thing. So MJF now has to contest with that. Like, was I an idiot for being good? So now I have to go back to being evil to get there. Or do I commit to this path of being good? You know, tell that story, not as broadly as I just laid it out. Or vice versa. Yeah, Where the devil comes up and takes out Jay White and MJF's like, I didn't want this. And then pins him anyway, I guess, because he's still kind of our scumbag, right? Is a story which is less interesting, but more likely. Um, or they screw him over, right? And like I said, so that's there. Um, so that's at another point. Oh, one thing on who to pick. If you're Tony Khan, right? Not even looking at the characters. Like, just look at like your. Would you rather have a heel champion right now or a babyface champion? And you look at like top guys for top matches that are babyfaces. You got Copeland, you've got yeah. Danielson, you've got Kenny, you've got Jericho. Like, yep. you've got a lot of interesting matches with Jay White. And you can, if you do the booking I told you to do, Tony, you got Orange Cassidy, you've got John Moxley. You got a lot right, going Danielson's on there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you got a lot. You got Darby too. Yep. You know, there's lots of stuff you can do there. And with MGF retaining, yeah, you've got the Adam Cole thing if that is a thing. You've got, like you said, Samoa Joe Wardlow. Those feel like not pay per view level matches. Then who do you got after that? You got Swerve. Do you have Ricky Starks? Like, is that as juicy? Probably not at this moment. So I don't know. That's like a reason to have a heel as the champion with the MGF stuff happening at the same time. There's a lot of interesting matches with a fresh guy in Jay White. So I think they certainly should go with Jay White for a myriad of reasons. So we'll elephant see. in the room. Tyler just paid me some interesting. <laughs> uh, 
some interesting some interesting numbers. Uh, if you don't want betting odds, uh, close your close your ears. Uh, yeah, mute mute the live feed or skip ahead like what a minute on the podcast. Yeah, just just a minute, just yeah, just a minute. This is worth saying because these do change. They can change like mm-hmm. during during the week for for sure. MJF is a minus five thousand to 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 retain the title. And like you said, that's Ohio State over the worst college football team. Yeah. Like I just mean, to bet the money line. Like you probably can even bet it. You have to put five thousand dollars down to win a hundred back. To win so it's like back. that's not no one even bets that because it's so out of yeah, so it's it like impossible. No it's impossible for Jay White to win right now per the odds. So just per the odds. Food food yeah. for thought. Food for thought. Which uh, is crazy. Back but we'll see. I mean, I feel like no wrestling odds should be that certain because it's pro wrestling. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, but, but hey, all right. We're back. If you just, yep. if you're, if you went spoiler you, free, come on, back. the clap. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, you know, so with all that said, like, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do here. Like, again, the match mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to, the devil storyline, you know, and we talked about this last week on our, on our breast ring media show. And we'll talk more about breast ring media here in a minute. But the fact that you had the devil like attack baby faces in the acclaimed, like it makes me more interested in this story because it's not like convoluted. Like, Oh, he, I mean, it seems like they kind of scrapped the, Oh, remember what he attacked Jay white thing? Yeah. Like too complicated. Like here, you know, they're attacking guys that MJF is friends with. Boom. Easy, simple, more effective. I like that. And so going into the pay-per-view, I think it makes an appearance by that group more interesting, you know, rather than, oh, you know, they attacked Jay White. Like, that never made sense. That never made sense. It still doesn't. This is way more efficient way to, to tell that story. I still think it's going to be Adam Cole. And and then you're off to the races. And that's probably why the odds are what they are. Damn it. <laughs> for, for it to, could, be, could be either way. Could be either, either way. Either, either direction, you know. Because you have that storyline lingering, um, th- that's going to go down at some point. Clearly, with Cole and uh, with Cole and MJF, so that's probably why they are what they are. And it was ever the thing. I think I'm going to wrap it up. Can I do one small thought exercise with you before we go? Yeah, let's do it. Go ahead. So yeah, I've yeah. got the re- I've got the results from the first full gear 2019. So just want you to tell me, like, if you had to choose one of these shows and didn't know the results, what show do you think is better on paper? Because well, yeah, then I'll give you my kind of thesis on, on this. Um, okay, Damn. so we got... All right, hit it. So we got... I'll just give you one. We got Dr. Britt Baker defeating B. Presley. We've got Santana and Ortiz defeating the Young Bucks. We've got uh, okay. Adam Page defeating Pac. This one's a classic. Sean Spears defeated Joe Janela. Um, <laughs> we had the... <laughs> we have the tag team champions, uh, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, defeating the Lucha Bros and Private Party in a three-way match for the tag team championship. We had Riho defeating Emi Sakura for the women's title. Rio was the champion, wow. obviously. We had Chris Jericho as the champion, defeating Cody, where then Cody was never allowed to uh, go for the world title again. Great. That stint. worked out well. That worked out yeah. really well. And great. We had John Moxley defeating Kenny Omega in an unsanctioned lights out match, not the exploding death wire bar bar match, but the one with the bed of the mattress yes. that was like uh barbed wire. So that versus what we just previewed, if you had to go back and watch one of these, 
let's say on Monday, if you had to tell someone which one you should watch, which one would you guess you would suggest for people to watch? So I'm so glad you went down this road because this is <laughs> going to be fascinating. It's by far this upcoming show on Saturday. Yeah. Without without question, easily, easy. Um, but what's ironic about that, which I'm sure you why you're you're bringing it up, is that it's a much colder product than it was back mm-hmm. with that with that card. Which is, I mean, like, what do you make of that? Like, what I don't, I'm not really sure what to make of that at this point. It's a really interesting thing to to sit with because this card, I think, blows that one out of the water. But the product is. I would say significantly colder than it was, you know, in 2019. Now they were only around for a few months by then that, that factors in, but either way, that is an interesting, interesting subject. What do you make? Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's certainly that it's the fresh product. It's the number two, it's the competitor to WWE. WWE is literally the worst it probably ever was in 2019. Yeah, that's another thing. Yep, yep. So this Good is call. like a breath of fresh air. This is exciting. This is new. This is the, you know, you're going to sleep with the other person asleep on the phone when you're dating somebody. Yeah. And then you kind of, then you're, then you're, you know, peeing with the door open, right? That's kind of where we are now. <laughs> in the relationship. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. You hang yeah. up. So that was then. This is now peeing and arguing about taking the kids to school zone of the relationship, right? Where you cherish oh them. My God. You're just in a different phase of your relationship, right? So no, it's so true, man. That yeah. is like the it, best. Uh, that's it ends really I think we all need a date night with AEW is what I'm trying to say to rekindle the spark. But yeah, let me give you just a couple more 2020. Let me give you just some, some matches from the 2020 full gear. This is okay. Uh, was this pandemic? Special? Yeah, this is pandemic, right? It's yeah. November 2020. Yeah. yeah. Just imagine, not all of them. We had Serena Deeb defeating Allison Kay. We had Orange Cassidy defeating John Silver. On we the pay per view? Both those were yep. on the pay per view proper. Nakaro Shida as champion defeating Nyla Rose. We had Matt Hardy defeating Sammy Guevara. We had John Moxley's champion defeating Eddie Kingston. Now, I skipped some good matches there. There's the Young Bucks versus FTR. There's Darby defeating Cody. There's Kenny defeating Adam Page. But, like, there's that's like five crappy matches on that card. And that yeah. both those shows we talked about were strong thumbs up, you know, the greatest company ever, Booker of the Year stuff. So just, you know. Here's it- another thing, though. Here's another thing to, like, enter into, like, evidence into this discussion, mm-hmm. though. It's it's I think it's, it's really telling. And it's not, like... I think you're so right about the, you know, hey, this is, you know, peeing with the door open time <laughs> of the relationship with AEW. But it's also like, I think it proves the point of like, okay, really good matches, you know, can get you this like X amount of, you know, you know, you can get far with having really good matches on a show. But once you once that once you play that card and once you do that, you have to bring more to the table. You can't just keep going back to that. And that might be you know what we're seeing here, where it's like you've got a, a card full of matches, but a lot of these characters are the exact same that they were in 2019, working with similar opponents that they were in 2019 or 2020. You know the Young Bucks in particular, like it's like you can't even tell like. 
you know, eras of their, of their work in AW because it's all the yeah. same. And so it's like, you may have a fan base that now is like, yep, yeah, that was a fun, that was a fun relationship. I really had a really <laughs> great time. You know, but, you know, now I want something more like I need something more mature, like I need something more with more depth um, to it than just like a sugar rush of going out and, you know, partying every night with with your with your, you know, significant other. Like that's an era of your relationship. That's an era of this company. But, you know, the fact that you we look on this show and go, hey, man, it's a, you know, boy. Bad, bad build. Meh. This is eh. That's eh. Most of these matches are better than those. The worst matches on the on those shows. But you know, it's not. It's not. It's not 2019 anymore. You know, it's 2023. It's 2024. And I think there's expectations that come along with you know AW progressing and moving forward as a company that you know you don't just get from putting on you know good matches. Well, thank you for indulging me on this thought exercise. That was a great. No, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. It's a good. Uh, that's a. You know, we should keep doing that because that's a was good. The, was it the Sean Spears defeating Joe Janela or the Orange Cassidy defeating John Silver as, as singles pay per view matches that really put it over the edge for you? I mean, it, it was, was the, the Spears minute, yeah. and Joe Janela thing. Was yeah, the minute I was like, Joe Janela was on pay, was on pay per view for for AEW against who in a yeah. singles match like. Wild stuff. What? It's wild. That's wild. But, but it's it's um yeah. That certainly was a time though. You know and yeah. You know if I, like I wouldn't go back and watch that show for that match. But I bet if you watched it back, you know it's a solid. You know it's oh, yeah. a solid. And I match. bet the crowd is just foaming at the mouth for everything. And the, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, guys, we'll wrap it up there. What a show! That was a blast. Um, Lots of AEW talk today, of course, and we'll uh, have you covered at scoops.com all week long as the final build gets put into place for full gear over the weekend. We've got Dynamite tomorrow night. We've got Collision and Rampage on Friday. And then, of course, we're covering the show live um, on Saturday night right here at scoops.com. If you want more from me and Tyler, you can check us out at Brass Ring Media, our own shop. Um, we've got fun thing going on over there. You can become a Brass Ring Media member for $4. Um, that's exclusive podcasts from myself and from Tyler that also gets you access to our Discord community, Talking Wrestling, um, and uh, full access to our Substack newsletter and a bunch of other cool, you know, uh, members-only exclusives. You can also, you know, check out some of our free content on Substack and on, um, on YouTube. You can subscribe to us on YouTube as well, but it's Brass Ring Media everywhere so if you want to check out membership um it's patreon.com backslash brass ring media um thank you to everybody who contributed to the show thanks to everybody who listened to us live tracy and matt and zach and azan and adam um and everybody else who, who joined and who will listen after the fact we appreciate you uh we are here every week nine eastern uh eight central on tuesday nights um and uh yeah, Tyler, awesome show, man. Appreciate you. And we'll talk to everybody really, really soon. See you, everybody. <laughs>